All right. Well, let's get going here. Um, so thanks, everybody, for joining us. Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. Uh, if you're listening live or on replay on the Colin app, please uh, be sure to like, subscribe uh, to the show, and to follow me so that you can keep getting updated uh, whenever we go live, which is about twice a week. Um, and if you're listening on replay, uh, you know, do all the subscription things um, as far as that goes. So uh, today... I'm joined by Aaron Naraf and Walker Bragman, and we're going to be talking about uh, a somewhat local uh, issue, a New York State Senate race uh, in, in, uh, in the city, in the newly created District 59, where uh, Kristen Gonzalez, the Queen's DSA-endorsed uh, left-wing candidate, um, once the redistricting happened, was uh, challenged by Nomiki Kanst, who uh, ran um, for, uh, I can't remember what she was, something in the city, and then also um, is, you know, pretty well known as being a progressive uh, media personality as well. Um, And so, because uh, both of these candidates have appeal to the left and to progressives, Entrance of Kant's into the race has been uh, somewhat controversial, particularly in progressive circles, uh, with accusations of spoiler and uh, and, and kind of you know wrecker um, and, and and other kind of you know a- accusations, uh, similar accusations. Uh, Kant and her supporters counter that uh, she entered the race at the behest of a number of. Uh, supporters, both in the district, uh, in the district, you know, like you know, small business owners, uh, people in the community, activists, uh, you know, m- uh, members of different uh, groups within the district, and so that she was uh, answering a need, as it were, um, and and that you know, and also as as we'll hear from Walker, uh, that uh, part of the reason that Const answered uh, the call was because you know she has certain policies that she felt weren't being addressed, uh, but. Um, Gonzalez's, you know, supporters uh, counter that, you know, that she has already had, has the support, especially of DSA, which is kind of like, almost like the litmus test, I think you could say, uh, with respect to, to this contest where, you know, like whoever's supported by DSA would kind of like de facto uh, be considered the progressive candidate, or at least that's kind of how things are being portrayed. I'm certainly not saying that that's like the case or not. I'm just saying that that's the way that it's being portrayed. Uh, And so... Uh, you know, the DSA could have uh, revisited its endorsement process, uh, but they did not uh, after after the redistricting um, and after Cons jumped in. And, and I think maybe that's a good place to start uh, with Aaron here, uh, Aaron Naraf, uh member of Queens DSA and a Gonzalez backer. Uh, thanks for joining us, Aaron. Um, you know, when we were chatting. Uh, to start up here, uh, you know, you, you know, you were saying um, some positive things about Gonzalez. Can can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the state of the race and why Queens DSA uh, not only is backing um, Gonzalez, but but uh, decided not to kind of revisit that decision uh, once the once the district kind of shifted a little bit. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Owen. I really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, just to give some context about where this started, um, you know, I am the co-chair of the Queens DSA Electoral Working Group. Um, and, you know, months and months ago, 
um, we heard rumors and looking at population, we knew that a new state Senate seat was likely to be created in Queens. Um, and knowing this, uh, we started our recruitment process, talking to folks in the area. Um, and one of the first names that came up was Kristen Gonzalez. Um, she is a longtime comrade in Queens DSA and in organizing, um, you know, she uh, co-founded the uh, West Queens Community Land Trust, uh, which is, you know, an org that, that seeks to take private property uh, and put it into community hands. Um, she helped start uh, New York City DSA's Internet for All campaign to bring municipal broadband to New York City. Um, and she's been active in fights like No Amazon. Uh, she was a field lead on AOC 2020 uh, re-election um, and did a lot of mutual aid work uh, during the pandemic. Um, so she was one of the first people we talked to about this. Um, and uh, she agreed after we asked her to run. To, to run. Um, and we really prepared her uh, until the maps came out. Um, and when the maps came out, we hit the ground running uh, in what was then uh, District 17. Um, and we campaigned for months and we knocked thousands of doors, talked to thousands of voters. Um, and then we had this uh, lovely map fiasco, uh, which I'm sure people have heard about. It's very, very confusing. Um, but just to simplify as much as possible, um, a couple weeks ago, the district was redrawn. Uh, basically, what they did with District 17 was um, they took uh, out South Queens from the district. Um, they kept Greenpoint and Long Island City, where Kristen lives, and they added, you know, Williamsburg, Astoria, and a little and part of Manhattan. Um, and then what they also did, just to confuse things even further, was they renamed the District 59. I really don't know why they did that. <laughs> but, you know, and, and they changed that name just to make it all the more confusing. But it's still the, the new district um, in Queens. Um, and Kristen quickly, you know, uh, we, we, we stayed in that race because she lives in that district. Um, and the core of Greenpoint and Long Island City are like core um, DSA neighborhoods. They vote for DSA candidates. Um and uh, we knew that that's the place we want to organize, the place we had been organizing for months. Um, you know, and, and, you know, before the map change, we were endorsed by Working Families Party, uh, Sunrise, NYC, DSA, Make the Road, um, as well as several overlapping elected officials, um, Julia Salazar and Emily Gallagher, who are socialists in Brooklyn, uh, Tiffany Caban and Zaran Mamdani in Queens, um, and, and you know, numerous other elected officials from across the city, socialist and progressive. Um, and then after uh, the, these new lines came out, uh, a lot of those folks, almost all of those folks, reaffirmed their endorsements um, for this new district. Uh, and AOC actually endorsed us uh, for District 59, um, uh, as well as we, we've now had four council members also endorse us as well, progressive council members. Um, and, you know, we are continuing to hit, hit the ground running. Uh, we are uh, knocking thousands and thousands of doors. Just this weekend, we knocked 1,600 doors in a couple hours. Um, talking to hundreds of volunteers. Um, we are hearing great things on the ground from people um, about our campaign. Uh, you know, I even facilitated a text bank last week. We texted uh, 19,000 people. Uh, within a couple hours, we got 200, 300 uh, supporters just from sending a text with AOC's name and telling them about Kristen's work. Um, sure. So there is... But yeah, yeah, I just, I, I, I just wanted to like uh, ask those specifically. Um, you know, you're talking about a lot of other groups and people who endorse her but what like what 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 why was it that dsa itself decided that they didn't that you that you you all did not want to reopen the endorsement process so, i mean like obviously from what you're saying it sounds like you guys were already all in um but isn't there an argument for due diligence uh, to to kind of 
reassess things or did you reassess things internally and then decide that that was good? That's a great question. Um, and there actually was a resolution um, in for that the uh, citywide leadership committee of DSA considered a couple of months ago. And what it basically said is that if the districts change or circumstances change and you switch races or switch districts or whatever, um, any change like that, uh, the DSA endorsement would carry over um, and each branch would have the opportunity to revote on that endorsement. Um, so this happened with IAPA running in Manhattan where he switched from Senate to assembly uh, and the endorsement carried over there. Um, a similar thing happened here. Um, and honestly, if, if any other uh, candidate wants to reapply, uh, there is the option for that. Um, if somebody wanted to submit a reapplication, the OC would consider it, but we have not received um, any reapplication. Um, so for sure, there's always an opportunity to reconsider um, if, if another candidate wanted to or a comrade wanted to, but we haven't uh, heard anything uh, as of yet. Gotcha. Can you kind of kind of talk about like like what the feeling is as far as uh, fr- from your perspective about cons joining the race? Uh, I'm hearing some feedback from Walker's End. I think. Yeah, I got that too. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to message him here. Okay. Oh, wait. You can't. <sighs> yeah, you can just go ahead. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it caught a lot of people very off guard. You know, because. Uh, Kristen had been running for so long and she had consolidated support from the major uh, uh, progressive groups, from the overlapping elected officials who, we, who, um, who are well-trusted in the community. Um, and not just from them, but from people on the ground, from people who actually live in LISD and Greenpoint. Um, and it, it was just very uh, surprising uh, to see another candidate um, enter the race like that. But, you know, of course, anybody can enter the race. I don't, I don't think anybody actually thinks that people shouldn't be allowed to run. So that's, that's not a problem. Um, I, I think at first uh, there were some concerns like, oh, is there going to be a vote split or whatever? Um, but honestly, I'm not even I'm not really concerned about that right now. I think that we have seen how much our field operation has grown. I honestly think that uh, we are the only uh, serious left choice for voters in the district. And I think that uh, Kristen's campaign has proven that voters are going are gonna to choose her um choose her to represent them, um, not just because of Kristen herself, because, you know, as we know in DSA, that's not even the most important thing, like, you know, who the candidate is. What's really important is the movement. What's really important is the people behind Kristen and the larger group that she's with, you know, because she's running on the DSA for the many slate, a slate of 13 candidates running across the state um, to build socialist power in Albany. Um, and, it's, you know, if they're running for a Green New Deal, they're running to pass good cause eviction. Um, the New York Health Act, and I think Kristen understands, and people understand that you can't get anything done alone. You can't get anything done by yourself as a lone state senator in Albany. You need support, and you need people on your side who are going to help you get things done. And we saw this uh, just last week when the Bill Public Renewables Act, which is a bill in New York York State that would uh, bring New York uh, up from 4% wind and solar right now, which is one of the worst in the country, uh, it would bring us to 100% renewable energy by 2030. Um, and we saw that it passed the state Senate, but it failed in the assembly because the speaker blocked it. Um, and if we had more people in there uh, fighting for that, um, we could have gotten that passed. And that's why we need this slate of people, not just one or two people elected, but we need a slate of at least 13 and even more, hopefully in the future, socialists fighting for these causes um, in Albany. Uh, and Kristen has been doing that already. Kristen went up to Albany to fight for Bill Public Renewables. She was calling people herself, asking them to support this bill. Um, she was really hands-on and she was really, uh, we were extremely vocal about uh, this bill and fighting for this bill. And we're talking about it all the time on the doors. 
especially in this waterfront district. Um, and I, I don't think any other candidate in the race has even mentioned Bill Public Renewables and the climate crisis we're facing right now. And in this district, especially where you have rising tides threatening NYCHA developments on the water and you have um, uh, rising Con Ed bills, um, this is the, I think it's an extremely important issue that we need to uh, address. I think Kristen's the only candidate who's really serious um, about with the, with, the, with the plan and the coalition to take on the climate crisis and get us to 100% renewable energy. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. This is this is this idea. This idea that is not part of this movement. That that, that you know, you know oh, how will she get anything done? Is sort of. I find that a little, you know, uh, distasteful considering her years of activism. Everybody knows who Nomiki is. She's been an OG member of the of the Bernie movement for many years. Uh, she's a member of DSA. Uh, it's it's a little it's a little absurd. And and you know. I, I would like to point out that the difference here between our campaigns is really one of priority. Uh, so when we when we entered this race uh, a week ago, there were no candidates in it talking about the ongoing COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, in fact, the the uh, DSA backed candidate hasn't talked about it, hasn't put out a plan hasn't even mentioned the word COVID on, on social media. Uh, last month, she referred to the pandemic in the past tense. Um, this, is, this is the worst public health crisis in a century. And this, I don't want to single anybody out here, but, but this, this speaks to a, a larger problem with the organized left that well, let's, on, on this particular issue. I mean, sure, uh, but let, the let, let, me, let me just, let's just, let, let, let me just try and try and get us back to. Um, well, I, I'd like to. I'd, I'd like, like to finish, finish what, what I'm saying, saying because, because okay. you know, my, my friend over here got, however long. I'd like to. I'd like to make our case. Is, is that yeah, right? yeah. Go ahead. I'm still hearing echo off you, but but go ahead. I think that just yeah. might be on my end. So, basically, so basically the. This has been, I mean, this, this, the Biden administration decided that this crisis was over. It's the worst public health crisis in a century. Uh, and yet there was no mass movement to protect workers. There's no mass movement to protect teachers or students. And here we are two years in with a million dead nationwide by the official count, which is low. 70,000 dead right here in New York. Millions more have been debilitated by long COVID. The CDC announced last month that about one in five cases results in long COVID. And that's something to think about when you think about the 85 million infections that we've had in this country, five million of which were right here in New York. This, this crisis is a, it represents all of the failures of neoliberal capitalism. It has exposed them. It's a lot like the subprime crisis in that way. Okay, I, I, I am going to have to jump and in here, though, uh, again, Walker. Because I, I do, I do want you to, I do want you to directly address, though. I do I, because there's no yeah. organized opposition to this. So I think that I think, I think we should, um, like, stay on point a little bit here, and and talk specifically about about joining the um, about about joining the race here. So uh, the question is, the question is more um, what the uh, what is the motivation for uh, joining the race when this many people have already kind of 
you know, backed uh, the other candidate. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, Aaron, you, do you want to respond to that about uh, the COVID, the question about COVID there? Because I think that is that is maybe an interesting thing. I mean, you know, he was or, saying that Gonzalez has, has, you, has referred to it as, um, as uh, uh, a thing of the past and 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 something that you know that she, that maybe uh, kind of sounds like he's saying Gonzalez doesn't really have a plan for it. Can, uh, can, can you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, I, a little hard to hear because the echoing and other feedback. Um, so I only caught like little bits and pieces. Um, but I, I think overall, the argument is kind of a fallacy. You know, I, I think how campaigns work is they release policies and policy platforms one by one. Um, and so far, we started out with housing, then climate, uh, and we are coming up with a healthcare platform very soon and more to come. Um, and, you know, you could make the same argument about about any other candidate. You could say, why haven't uh, you released any platform on climate? Why haven't you mentioned Bill Public Renewables ever once or done anything for climate uh, on the local level uh, in, in the past you know, year? Um, but, we announced you know, I, a week ago. You've been in the race since February. Come on. Hold on. Hold, hold, let's 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 let Aaron speak and not uh, let let's have everybody speak at their own time. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a, I think it's, I think it's a fallacy, and I think it, it's, it's, a, I think on a large part, I think we need to focus on the much larger issue here um, of uh, which candidate has the ability to win and which candidate has the movement and coalition behind them to win. Um, and I think we're going to come out with with much more detailed platforms in the coming weeks. Uh, of course, we, we can't release everything all at once. Um, but I think I think starting with housing and climate is is a great place to start because COVID impacts both those um, issues like really impactfully, right? And I, I think especially with housing, um, where we've seen uh, people the, the, the eviction the eviction moratorium being lifted. Um, and the good cause of eviction failing to pass the legislature, we've seen people being thrown out of their homes every single day, rents rising to astronomical levels, like doubling it to like huge amounts. Um, and one of the top issues for our campaign has been uh, campaigning on good cause eviction, which would make it in New York State that you need a good cause um, to evict somebody from their home, not just whenever you feel like it. Um, and I, you know, we've even been campaigning on that, talking to people, having them sign postcards, talk to legislators about that um, for months on that issue. Um, and I, I think it's important uh, to not to focus on how COVID, not just the, the issue of COVID, but also how COVID impacts every other issue, including housing, climate, um, and every other facet of what campaigns run on. Um, so I, sure. I think, I think overall, yeah. I think it's more, yeah, sorry, go on. Well, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say like, uh, Walker, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So first of all, you know, as, as you said, you guys have been in this race for months and you don't, a, a healthcare plan is not enough. I mean, COVID is a public health crisis. Healthcare is an aspect of public health. It is not the sum total of public health. What is your plan to stop this virus from spreading? We clearly need to stop the virus from spreading. And our comprehensive public health plan, by the way, which we put together with input from medical doctors, epidemiologists, and public health experts, and we released on Tuesday, does include housing. It includes allowing the uh, immunocompromised and long COVID sufferers to tap into disability so that they don't have to make a choice every day to participate in the economy uh, or risk their health. I mean, this is this is a serious issue. It is the biggest public health crisis, the worst public health crisis we have faced in a hundred years. It is not enough to simply say that, 
oh, we have, you know, we're, we're releasing plans slowly. And, you know, this is, 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 we just have to focus on more than, yes, nobody is saying COVID is the only issue. It's, but it's not a distraction issue. And it's not something that you should be, you know, dismissing. And by the way, like, I just have to say, it's very funny to hear, oh, we, we're not worried. We're not worried when the entire, you know, your entire uh, response to us on Twitter and your, you particularly has been just attacks and, you know, spoiler, get out of the race. If, you know, you tell us your ground game is very strong. Okay, great. We're going to see what, you know, what happens, but you have to have a COVID plan. You have to have I a think, plan to address this crisis. It's, I think, it is just I think astounding that's, that's to me that you don't. Yeah. I think, I think that's an interesting um, point. And I just want to stay with you here, Walker, um, to, to kind of dig in a little bit, though, because Aaron is talking about having, you know, a strong coalition of, of people behind the campaign talking about having, um, you know, all of these endorsements. Um, and, you know, I understand what you're saying by responding by saying that that, that spoiler is uh, and, and perhaps you feel that that's an unfair. I mean, I, I assume that you feel that that's an unfair uh, response, but, but how do you counter that? Like, as far, like, how do you counter that accusation that, that entering the race is plain spoiler, considering that there is already this existing progressive coalition, uh, behind Gonzalez? I mean, I, I counter it with, if, if you're not running on, on, you know, th- these critical issues, then you, you don't, you're not entitled to a walk to, to, to a, you know, a nomination. No candidate is. We heard these arguments in 2016. All the all the institutions and all the electeds have lined up behind one candidate. Your your presence in the race will be divisive. And, you know, frankly, it's her turn. Like we've heard these arguments before. I didn't subscribe to them then. You know, I remember what those battles were like at the time. So does Nomiki. She's been in the movement for years. You know, we have we're picking up endorsements, too. We're seeing great energy on the ground. I mean, you know, these are just these are and these are things campaigns say, like, of course. But the fact of the matter is there is this unaddressed need. And and it's it's staggering to me that a campaign that has been in operation for, for months. And by the way, this isn't just a I'm not saying I'm not trying to attack one campaign. This is not just the Gonzalez campaign. It's all of the other four campaigns in this race. We have not seen a, a plan to get to navigate the state out of this public health crisis from any of them. And by the way, you know, there are three candidates in this race that support single payer, uh, including, you know, us, Gonzalez, and then there's, uh, there's Francois Olivas. I mean, this is, we're not the only other progressive in this race. But we are the only campaign in this race with a comprehensive public health plan. And that is mind blowing to me. Sure. So, Aaron, um, why, don't, why, don't, why don't we turn to you a little bit here to talk about um, the spoiler effect? I mean, because this is an accusation that has been uh, thrown at cons uh, by people, you know, specifically in the Gonzalez camp. Um, and yeah, so can you kind of like walk us through like like what the basis is for for that and um, and how you kind of respond to, to to what Walker said here? Yeah, sure. I, I think it's good to also consider the other candidates in this race. Um, and I think the the, the big looming uh, threat here is Elizabeth Crowley, right? The cousin of Joe Crowley, the guy that AOC beat in 2018. Um, she's already raised two hundred thousand uh, dollars. She's having fundraisers, another fundraiser in a few weeks um, with Joe Crowley. Uh, $7,500 a plate, you know, this is the kind of, you've already been endorsed by the Queen's Democratic Party. 
um, you know, then that's the machine that we're facing, right? Because Elizabeth Crowley doesn't even live in this district. Like she lives in Glendale um, and is now claiming she owns property in Long Island City. Like, okay, whatever. You never mentioned it once before, but now you suddenly you live in LIC. Um, that's the real looming threat here uh, to, to, this, to all our campaigns. I think it's really important for us to not be split and not be divided. And I think we've seen that in other races in the past, um, where uh, having multiple candidates have uh, threatened a victory of a candidate or have almost led to them losing. Like Tiffany Caban in 2019 lost by only 50, 55 votes. Um, uh, you could see that in, you know, Marcella Matena's race in 2020, where other challengers uh, made her path to victory more difficult. I mean, she still came out on top, but uh, it was a very, you know, split vote and a split anti-vote against the incumbent. Um, and Elizabeth Crowley is not an incumbent. I think this is not a good district for her because of all the progressives in the district. Um, but I, I think it's important to have one candidate that we are coalescing around to make sure that we don't even give her the chance of winning. Um, and the more candidates um, who, who, who enter, the more difficult that is. And I'm not saying that anyone shouldn't run because I don't believe that. I think anyone who wants to run should run. Uh, they can get on the ballot. Um, but in this case, you know, we, there have been the claims from people online that, you know, oh, everybody is starting from scratch. It's a completely new district, which are just out, outright lies. Right? This is not a completely new district because uh, Greenpoint, LIC are the core of the district. Um, and everybody is not starting from scratch because Crowley and Kristen are already on the ballot. We have already on the ballot because we did the work for months and months um, to, to get on the ballot. Um, and any new candidates who want to get on the ballot need to uh, get uh, 800 signatures, which effectively means two, 3,000 signatures. Um, that means like, what, 200 a day? And I think that that's ending in a couple days. Um, and that's going to cost a lot of money, right? If you want to get a lawyer to get on the ballot, that's going to cost you thousands of dollars to make sure that you do everything right, that you get on the ballot. Um, so if you give to the, another candidate, or you volunteer for another candidate, um, that's, of course, your prerogative, but I think it's important for people to know, which is why we want to make sure people understand that if you're doing that, your money is not going towards and your work is not going towards swaying undecided voters. It's just to get in the ballot. And there's already a strong socialist Latina already on the ballot with the support of all these orgs, with the support of all these people with that support in the community. Um, so I think it's just, just important for folks to understand that uh, when they're considering who to donate to, who to support, who to vote for, who to volunteer for. Because um, people deserve to know. People deserve to understand um, where their energy and their time is worth putting behind somebody and not not just another campaign uh, that's going to get 2% of the vote. Sure. But let me let me let me just stay with you here just to just to push back just for a second, because it does kind of sound like you like you're having it both ways a little bit here by saying that on the one hand, you know, anybody can run. Uh, but um it is still a spoiler campaign. I mean, ob like obviously, like nobody. I, I don't think anybody is saying um, that that you are or that you are or, or any ally of Gonzalez, right? Is is saying that that uh, cons should not be allowed to run. Um, but that's not really the issue, right? The issue is like if there is a spoiler effect here, um, and it sounds like you're saying you know that that there is because there, this work has been done. Um, Already, like you know, like Gonzalez already has people out there. Gonzalez has been has been campaigning for for so long. Um, I, I think that f for outsiders, for people like me who don't live in the district um, and and have been watching this largely play out online, it has kind of seemed like the uh, that that the argument is that because uh, Kant's just you know jumped in recently, 
um, that there's a possibility that she's going to split the progressive vote and let Crowley in. And I know that you kind of mentioned that, but I but I, but I would like to see if, if I mean, is that something that you would like definitively say? Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, uh, you know, when we thought about it, we we, we we thought that's a possibility. And I still think, you know, there's always a possibility. It's always impossible to tell in these races because there's no polling in the state Senate races like this. So we're not going to know until we, we actually count the ballots. Um, uh, personally, I, th- I think I'm in a place looking at the numbers. I've dug deep into the data of the district past elections. Um, I, I think we're in a place where even if another candidate makes sense of the ballot, I, I still think the Christian campaign has a path, has a very clear path to victory. Um, I think my argument would just be, I, my, I'm not, I don't not even think you need me to call somebody a spoiler candidate. Um, I, I think the argument is more why even risk it, right? And, and what is the strategic value of doing this? And, and especially the key question here um, is what makes another candidate different, uh, substantially different um, than the candidate already running? Um, and I, you know, I know there was this COVID, COVID thing that was released by the Namiki campaign. And I made sure to read it, and I thought that was very interesting, um, uh, and a, a lot of good ideas in there. Um, but e- even that, 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 you know, uh, it's that's not a platform. Like even, e- even in the press release, I believe the campaign called it a uh, laundry list of ideas, which I think, which is what it is, right? It's a list of nice things will be good to have that are, are good things, right? I think, I think a lot of them are really good ideas. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really, it's a mix of different uh, ideas from different levels of government. You know, for some reason, the PRO Act is in there, even though it's federal legislation. This is a state Senate race, which very, confused me a lot. Um, and I think when you're running a platform, the important things you want to have there are you want to talk about your values and specific things that you're going to do in office, legislation you're going to co-sponsor um, and things you're going to introduce. And I think uh, we on our website, we have a list of things that we're going to co-sponsor. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the laundry list also has a, a few pieces like good cause and, and, you know, not BPRA, but it does have a few other pieces of legislation. Um, but I think it also has a lot of things that are not achievable for one uh, senator, like creating two new state ag- agencies is not something one senator can do. And if you want that actually done, you, you would want to support the candidate running as a slate with 12 other socialists who are going to run and work as a block in uh, when they get to Albany. Like we've seen this in the federal level, too, where the, uh, the, the squad doesn't work together and they can't get the things that need to get done done. And so that's what you really need. You need a group of people working in lockstep to achieve things and get legislation passed, um, not just a single person. Uh, with a laundry list of ideas. <laughs> there you go. Sure. So let's. So, so, so Walker, like Walker, what do you think about that. that question of of strategy there? Yeah, I'd like to respond to that. Yeah, the, you're. What Aaron is kind of saying is, vote for us. Trust us on this issue, even though we haven't talked about it, even though our candidate refers to the pandemic in the past tense. Uh, we'll get it done. And and by the way, the, yes, we, we did include one federal policy there because we would like to join a growing list of state lawmakers like Leti- or, or state officials, including Attorney General Letitia James, who have thrown their weight behind the PRO Act. Let's be real here. New York is a state with a $220 billion budget, and state officials carry a lot of weight. New York also has 1.7 million union members. 22% of our workforce is in a union. Uh, so, in, and in terms of people represented by unions, you know, we're, we're number one in the country. And in terms of active workforce members, we're second. But anyway, besides that, we can adopt key provisions from the PRO Act, like codifying the ABC test right here in New York. Now, that test is, but, is used but to that, determine that's not what in your laundry list. You an independent Pro contractor is. But, yeah, but, but okay, you're, you're, you're nitpicking our plan without having one of your own. That is an incredible thing to me. I, I, think, it's, I think it's sort of, uh, I, I don't know, I, it's just, 
It's distasteful. But the reason I'm doing it is because you're saying you know? this is the singular reason or one of the singular reasons why oh, uh, on, your candidate on, is better. <laughs> That's why Aaron, it's important to Aaron, actually talk Aaron, about what's in it. Aaron, you're, this plan was put together with, by med, with, with cons- consultation with epidemiologists, medical doctors, public health experts. It is a roadmap. It's been called a roadmap for the country. Uh, Dr. Eric Osgood said that it should be the national standard. This is how our state navigates through the pandemic. We're also releasing, you know, a platform, as you said, that gets released over time. But this is a pressing, immediate issue. It needs addressing. Your campaign hasn't done it. None of the other campaigns have done it. I think that is an astounding reality. Uh, And that's, yeah, that is why we're in this race. When you're not addressing key issues, like the deaths of 70,000 New Yorkers, the debilitation of millions more, that is a crisis that needs to be addressed. And I don't care if, you know, this, you can say, oh, we're part of the institutional left. Nomi's been part of this movement for years. The idea that she's just going to go it alone, that she's not going to be able to build support is ludicrous and erases years of activism and involvement. I I think it's very, uh, you know, I understand why you're saying it. It's what campaigns do. You're trying to project strength. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, this is the worst public health crisis in a century. And it is not acceptable for the socialist backed candidate to not have a plan for it I, I, so I walker so so aaron aaron sorry sorry let me let me go ahead. let me just step in here because because um i i think what i am uh curious about uh more than more than anything here walker and and maybe if we can uh get off of uh the covid subject for a second here um is you know, Aaron is talking about uh, strategy, and you are too a little bit talking about how uh, you know working working with other lawmakers, working with other people to affect change, to to make change. Um, what, but what is the strategic argument I think for the cons campaign as opposed to the Gonzalez campaign? I mean, because it has to be more than just than just the COVID plan. I mean, here like here we're talking about a slate of of socialist members who uh, thirteen, I think, who Aaron was talking about going in. What, what, what is the cons campaign's kind of strategic, tactical argument here? Uh, I think the strategic argument is that, you know, this is, this is Nomi's community. She knows the people. They, they know her. They trust her. They've been with her for years. Uh, this is a winnable race. And frankly, you know, she knows the players in, in Albany as well. And she knows she's been at this for, for a long time. I mean, I, I understand that there are some newcomers to this to this movement that might not know that or might not be familiar with all of her activism and her involvement and why, you know, maybe maybe don't understand why Bernie Sanders reached out to her and made her a surrogate in 2016 and 2020. I mean, this is not this is not some some disconnected person here. We're talking about, you know, an OG activist and organizer and journalist who knows all the players she knows how the system works. And frankly, we've seen what happens when newcomers get elected. They have, it takes years to sort of figure out the system. Nobody's ready on day one for that. So the strategic argument is that, you know, we've got a great candidate and we're going to run a great race based on issues that desperately need to be addressed. I cannot stress that enough. And we'll see where the, you know, where the, where the chips fall. I, I'm sorry. Did you call Kristen a newcomer? I'm, I'm not calling. No, no, no. I'm not. Call, I'm not calling the candidates newcomers. I'm saying that you know people who have not been in 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 this movement, you know, 
might not know or be familiar with Nomiki's activism. That's, that's what I'm saying. And I'm pointing out to you that, yes, when you get into government, it takes years to you know, figure out how this system works. And that's a, that is a problem. We have to be ready. We have to be ready to address these issues immediately. Uh, and frankly, I don't really buy. Just trust us. We'll, we're, we'll be good on this. We're not talking about it now. We're, we haven't talked about it, you know, really ever. And, but we'll be good on it. I don't, I don't buy that. And I don't think, I don't think people are going to buy that, but we'll see. What's your response to that, Aaron? Uh, now, now, now that we've established the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the newcomer part. Yeah, that, that's good to hear at least. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think, I think it's not just us saying, I don't think anyone's saying just trust us. I think we're saying this because we've seen that Kristen has been active in this movement I would say far more uh, than just to be objective here than Omiki has on the hyper-local level. Um, you know, Kristen was, has been active in no NRG, the fight to kill a power plant in Astoria, has been active in the fight to get Amazon out of Queens, um, has been fact- active fighting for good cause eviction, the Bill Public Renewables Act. And these are all movements happening in the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I'd be curious to see how, hear how many doors Nomiki's knocked or how many people she's, people she's called for these really important issues. Uh, how, what has she done for no NRG? What did she do for no Amazon? And even things that you know people claim that uh, she's been active on, like uh, the IDC, no IDC endorsed Kristen. Uh, so even the folks who, who know Nomiki uh, or have seen her work before, they're backing Kristen because they understand it's not just about one person. This is not a, you know, I, nobody wants, I would hope, Nobody wants a uh, not us, me mentality. They want a not me, us mentality um, where we're working together as a movement to build and seize power. And I think uh, just saying that, oh, this person is good. We should elect them because they're good. That's not enough. It has to be, what is your, what is your, uh, who are the people behind you? What is the movement behind you? Who are you working with when you get to Albany? Um, And how are you going to actually get things done? Uh, and how do you, how can you prove that based on what you've already done, what you've already contributed to? I think Kristen's contributed um, to all those movements and fights. Um, and unfortunately, I think I have people on the ground who I've talked to dozens and dozens in the last couple of weeks about this, and, and most of them haven't seen her. It is very unfortunate. And I think they've all seen Kristen. Like, I remember when I was field director uh, for Justine Core's campaign for city council last year, um, Kristen came across Queens, the other side of Queens to Glen Oaks, um, to Fresh Meadows to canvas for Jocelyn because she was a cadre candidate, part of Queens DSA. I don't know what Nomiki did to support Zoran Mamdani, Tiffany Caban, Jocelyn Kaur. Um, I think even she opposed Zoran Mamdani, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is why you know, she, she supported the machine candidate in that race. Um, and I, I think it's really important to, to, to support people who have already given to the movement, um, who have a proven record of getting things done and showing up. And I think that's really important here. I think Kristen has that. I think people in the district know that. Um, I think they think they're going to understand that um, on election day as well. Walker, uh, what's what's your response to that? I mean, you can you can just kind of erase our candidates' activism. I mean, she was involved in the No Amazon fight. She was involved in restoring MTA service when it shut down. Key parts, key key stops in Astoria. She's been in, involved in the fight against the IDC. And yes, while the group did endorse Kristen, you know, that's it's unfortunately what we're seeing is, again, institutions lining up. And we've seen it before. These are not these are not uh, dispositive of, of a campaign, especially, again, when there are key issues that voters 
need to hear about and need to, we need to talk about. We need to hash out. I don't understand. I don't. But you're falling back under- on. We're talking about strategy here. You're falling back on. No, no, no. I'm, I'm pointing out plan. to you. I'm pointing out to you. I don't really know the. I mean, look, we can we can sit here and throw and throw. Oh, you know, we've got this on our side. Well, we've got this on our side. But at the end of the day, this 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 election is going to be decided by voters on issues. And we think we have a candidate who is better equipped, who knows the issues better, who knows how the systems better, who knows the players better, and, you know, focuses and prioritizes on the issues that need to be prioritized. And this is, but, again... But, but Walker, Walker, if I can just interrupt. I mean, one, one of the issues here, though, is, you know... Um, being involved with the community, being involved part of the progressive movement within the community. Yeah, I know. And I, I think I that, and I think that. that, I think that what, what Aaron is saying here is that, um, it, it, he's making the claim at least that, that Kristen has a more, uh, that Gonzalez has a more, um, uh, like, like, like more of a record of being involved in the kind of, uh, <laughs> small ball progressive politics within the, uh, within the district, uh, than, than Nomiki has. And, and, and I, I, I guess I'm just curious as to how you like respond to that specifically because my, that's a my very specific point, right? My response to that is that, that point, it's right? false. That my false. That you know, erasing Nomiki from the from the Amazon fight in particular is funny because you can Google Nomiki's name and you can find where she stood on all of these issues, and that is a key difference between our campaigns, frankly. Because Nomiki has been in this movement for so many years, because she's been involved in so many of these fights. Everybody can Google and find out where she's been on any particular issue. So I, I just, you know, I, you're, what, what is happening, I think, what, what, my, what my friend Aaron here is trying to say is that we shouldn't be in this race. And, you know, you, you're, you're spoilers, but our ground game is so good that you have no chance anyway. Two things, those two things can't be true at the same time. I'm sorry they can't. And frankly, again, this is going to come down to issues and voters. And we think we have the right issues. We've seen great support and energy in the community. We've got many small business owners who are backing us. And, and that's, that's what's going to happen. We're going to run this race, and we'll see. I mean, frankly, at the end of the day, that's, that's what's going to happen. Aaron, you should put out a, a plan for COVID. It's been months. Where is it? What's your plan? Why haven't well, okay, you let's, 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 Why let's, haven't let's, let's, yeah. It? Let's um, let's go back to Aaron here. Um, just that, I mean, how do you respond to that? I mean, like you know, Walker's saying that that it should be easy for you to find out what Nomiki's positions are on these issues. Um, uh, is 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 that a response that you think works for you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think positions are enough. And I know I think issues are important. Of course, I, I totally agree with uh, Walker that issues matter, and it's going to be about issues. But I also think that a track record of actually organizing around the issues matters, and that means the dirty work, not the the you know, the sexy work of uh, you know being a podcaster and uh, talking about things, uh, just talking about them. It's actually organizing for them, talking to your neighbors, uh, working late nights to get this stuff done, making calls. Um, that's hard work. And as somebody who's you know been a field director and has done this work before, it's not pretty. And that's the stuff that we know, we've seen Kristen do. You know, we, we've seen her uh, on her leadership in the NYC DSA Tech Action Working Group uh, take leadership in the No Amazon fight. Uh, we've seen her show up to these campuses, show up to these events, and, and not just taking a position, actually getting things done. Um, and we've seen that work as well replicated in uh, other spheres, whether it's the Internet for All campaign, 
uh, whether it's canvassing for our endorsed candidates, whether it's being a field lead for AOC in 2020, um, that's all non-sexy work. That's like on the ground, getting things done in Queens, uh, in the city. Um, and as somebody, you know, I, I've knocked thousands of doors in Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan myself. I, I, I've done that, that work myself. I know Kristen's done that work. I don't know if, you know, other folks in this race have done that work. And that's what's really important. Like, how, like, are you actually getting things done for the movement or are you just talking about it? I think that those are big differences. Um, and I think if you look back at Kristen's record, you've seen and you've talked, you've talked to people who know Kristen and have seen her do things. But they'll say that she's been there. I don't know if that's true on the hyperlocal level for Nomiki. Um, and, and, to, and to be clear, I, I don't think having uh, small business owners is enough. Um, and I believe at least one of the small business owners who uh, say they support Nomiki, uh, we've held several events there. And uh, I they, after, after the fact, it became clear that that person did not even know that Kristen was in the same race, which is, I think, another trend of uh, not telling people um, who else is in the race with you. But so I, I think that 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 is not enough to uh, compete with uh, the, the, the organizational grassroots endorsements we have just saying that we have a few small business owners. That's not comparable. I think this is a little. I think this is a little ridiculous. I'm. I'm not going to sit here and and take jabs at Kristen or her activism. I'm not going to do a race it. I'm just going to say that, that and, you know that's that's not what our campaign is about. I cannot say the same thing for for you guys since you know you've been pretty clear that you know well, well where has Nomi been? There are photographs online of Nomi speaking out against the IDC, act, you know, organizing. There, this stuff is all out there. It's just, oh God, it's just incredible. Uh, frankly, frankly, I, I think, I think that personal attacks in a campaign are par for the course. But everybody knows who Nomiki is. She's been on the ground. People on the ground know who she is. It's not just a few business owners. You know, this is her community. She's been active in it for years. There's a reason why she got. She had a, a group of people that reached out to her, recruited her to run. They'd never heard of Kristen. You know, we can, we can throw that all day at the end, but I would really like you to address why there is such a glaring hole in what you're running on. Why is that? You can talk about getting things done and having a slate of people and, organ- and you know, being able to organize, but if you don't even think it's an issue, if you think that, that the worst public health crisis in a century is not an issue, or if you think I'm going to cut you off, Walker, Walker, I got, I got in the past tense, here. I really well, want to know. Well, Walker, want... Okay. Well, let me just tell you, I live in South Richmond Hill. I am in one of the most COVID positive zip codes in the entire city. Um, so I, I, I we keep going back to the same issue over and over again about COVID and we're, I'm not taking it seriously. Uh, I was in a neighborhood that we didn't have a COVID test site for months. Okay. Um, people have died in my community and I've, I've seen it happen with my own eyes. So I, I'm, I don't want to keep going back to this over and over and being lectured to about not having, not taking it seriously. Like, I, I, I find that really tiresome. Um, and I think we're coming back to the same point over and over again that we've already addressed and talked about. Uh, and the one issue that still isn't being talked about is the, the, the strategy here. And I think that uh, Owen brought this up several times and I think it, it's, a, it's a lot of dodging around the central question. We keep circling back to the same issue over and over again. Um, I would like us to really just get down, uh, not not talking about, um, I would love for us to get to talk about the actual strategic uh, questions here. Uh, I think we're, we're dodging that, you know, even in you saying that it, it's th- that the uh, that having a plan is, is more important than running as a slate and uh, running with organizers and having the support of those organizers and those people on the ground. 
Um, I, I think it's I think it's the other way around. And I think what's really important is having a group of people to actually get things done and having a, a path forward to get things well, done. It- Aaron, Aaron, if we can just if we can just stay with you just here for one second though, because Aaron, I think that Aaron. in fairness, in fairness, in fairness, um, you know, look, Walker has asked this question uh, on on a number of occasions. So, um, where like you, you've said that um, that Gonzalez will be putting out her um, her her uh, her COVID plan. Um, uh, do, do you guys have a general idea of when that's going to be? I, I just think I just think it's fair for you know because we are trying to, to focus on strategy, but we should maybe just like address that one point first, right? Address the point of like um, uh, you know because it does keep on coming up, just so we can kind of like close the door on it and move forward. What, so yeah, go ahead. Deal with it. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, I, I you know we started like I said we're releasing our plans uh, over the weeks. Uh, and I believe our healthcare plan, I'm not on, the, on our policy team, you know, we have a very large volunteer base with a lot of different groups of people working on different things. Um, I believe our healthcare and our health plan is coming out uh, shortly. Um, and I think in the next week or so. Uh, I'm not sure the exact date, but I do know that's coming up. Um, and I, I think if, if we're going to keep uh, coming back to this issue, I think it's good to just get out of the way now. We, that's, that's coming. We, we started with housing and climate. You started with, with, with public health. I think that's great. Um, but I think we should move on from this because otherwise it's going to be a circular discussion. Uh, it, it's the question of what makes your candidate substantially different to the point where it's worth getting in this race, spending thousands of dollars, getting on the ballot when there's already a socialist Latina already on the ballot. I think the question is what makes you better and what makes you substantially different um, that it's worth putting in all that work and energy and time uh, to run that campaign. Um, I don't think the question has been answered. I don't think the the, the, uh, the argument that, uh, oh, we released uh, a laundry list of ideas a week before you did, I, I don't think that's a substantial enough argument. I think it has to be based in, you know, facts. I think it has to be based in who is supporting you, um, what are your priorities, and what is your uh, your way to win votes and get things done that is better and more effective than the candidate who already has support of every leftist organization politician in the area yeah um, okay so, so what makes that. us different what makes us different obviously priority is is exactly what makes us different the fact is we we didn't just release it's not just a laundry list of ideas the same way that you could but you say call the that your press release it includes it includes hang on it includes specific legislation that we would support that you know it's it is a roadmap it is a public health roadmap to get New York out of the worst public health crisis in a century. The fact that you guys have not released any plan or even talked about this issue at all makes me question what, you know, how good the, it doesn't matter how much, how much, how much institutional support you have. If you're not even prioritizing the issue, you're not going to do anything on the issue. You know, you well, can, you well, can, well, with all the respect, you're, you're repeating yourself. We're back to the same no, issue. No, again. no, no. I think I, we're talking about your, strategy, right? Your response. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here is, we are talking why about are strategy. You in this, yes. Why are you in this race? You know, what makes you substantially different? The fact that we are one of the few campaigns in this country even talking about this makes us different. The fact that you're not talking about it makes us different. You can, you know, yes, people, people in your, you know, in your neighborhood died. I, my, two of my friends lost their mothers. A friend of mine lost her grandmother. Another friend of mine lost his brother. I, I know people who have been personally affected by this through you know, my personal life as well as through my reporting. 
this this issue is not just something that you can just brush aside and be like, well, you know, it's great. You've got some good ideas, but you know, like these are this is how we're. Do you do you honestly think and do you expect people to believe that if Nomi gets elected, the same coalition that will be supporting you and helping you get things done will just turn their backs on Nomi? Or that we'll turn our backs on them? I think that is an astounding, astounding assertion considering her years of activism, her years of organizing experience, and her, frankly, the, the you know, reputation she's built over her career. So you're saying... It's, so you're saying... You, your so response saying your to this cannot be personal attacks. So you're saying it doesn't matter that Kristen already has a coalition because if, if no Miki wins, she'll have, those people will still work with her. So it doesn't matter. Are, are you telling me that they won't? I just want I'm to not saying clear. they won't, but, but I'm just... So, I'm so, just but, but are, but are you, you saying that's, that's that they, I mean, Nomi was involved in getting AOC elected in, to office in the first place. Do you think that if, if she's elected, that all of these people that, that she has worked with throughout her career are just going to turn their backs on her? I don't think so. I, I you did, know, maybe, and, and maybe you AOC do. I, I think that's and, a bit and, of a stretch. And who did AOC endorse? I mean, great. We, that's, that's wonderful for your campaign. You still don't have a COVID plan. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess the question, I guess. You still haven't even talked about the issue. You still talk, your candidate has talked about the pandemic in the past tense. That's not acceptable. And it invites challenge. I think it necessitates I'm in Groundhog Day. We're going to go back back and forth. Oh man, this is the same thing. Yeah, we are because you can't, because you're hand-waving the deaths of 70,000 New Yorkers. And you're, you're hand-waving away the concerns of disabled New Yorkers and people who face a daily choice. You, you are by saying, you know, oh, this, this is great. We're going to release a plan. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to. It's been months. Where is it? So it, so, it sounds like, answer. it sounds like, it sounds like, Walker, if I can interrupt here, it, it sounds like the, the strategic argument here is that the candidates are relatively interchangeable, will work with the same coalitions, and const campaign's uh, COVID plan uh, outweighs basically what Gonzalez has going for her, which is uh, this existing coalition and these endorsements, because what you, because it does sound like what you're saying is that, um, that, that they are relatively interchangeable and that, that the coalitions are going to work with them either way. And the COVID uh, this, this, this COVID plan that you guys put out is, is, is the, is the, the factor that, that, uh, that makes the difference. Is that, is, is that accurate? Am I, am I representing that correctly? I mean, more, more or less. Yes. The candidates are probably very similar on across a lot of issues. We all want to see, we all want to see a green new deal passed in the state of New York. We all want to get to universal housing. In fact, our public health plan will get us, will help get us there. But on this issue, which is so critical, and it's you know something that that I mean, that is a big difference. That is a real difference. It's it has this has been a failure, I think not just on behalf of one campaign, but on behalf of the institutional left across this country. Because frankly, you know, as the Biden administration forced to return to normalcy, there was very little pushback. And this is a lot like 2008, where you have a huge failure of, of, of neoliberalism and there's nothing to, to take its place. Nothing is proposed to take its place. There's no alternative vision that's being pushed. There's no organizing to fight, to fight this. I mean, you think we could have had, you think there, there could have been some, some, you know, backlash to, to stripping masks out of schools. Like, I mean, where is it? Well, I guess, where I guess has it, it been? If, if, but yeah, this is but, but, but if I can just, 
Yeah. If 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 I can just I guess ask like like the logical next question, and this is staying on strategy. Like the, the logical follow up question to that is how how will uh, uh, Nomiki as a as a freshman state center um, get that? Uh, I mean, what is a laundry list? You know, laundry list put into a plan. Uh, get that through the state senate as as a just because of you know the legislative political realities. The, the same way that 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 Kristen would get any of her her big bold ideas, uh, you know, done the same way. Coalition building, talking about issues, getting it out there, making calls, doing the hard work. It's the, it's the same thing. I mean, look, how will you do it? The next, the next is the next question you're <laughs> going to throw it. Is the next question you're going to throw at me, Aaron? How will you pay for it? I mean, I have seen that from from you know people online. Is that is I think that, well, know, I think I think. Heading? Hold, hold, hold on. Uh, you, you, go ahead, Aaron. You can answer that. Are you comparing the how will you pay for it line to asking somebody how are they going to pass legislation? That that those are two completely different things. Those are no, Aaron. I, I think my meaning thing. is pre- I think my meaning is pretty clear. Uh, I I I didn't say the the same question. I I said this is the next question. And also, as the next question. So coalition building, that's all great and all, but the coalition has already chosen its candidate. The coalition is already behind Kristen. Uh, Kristen and is if already she loses doing the, the race, work. what happens? Kristen will keep on doing that work. I can't say the same for Nomiki. I cannot say the same for Nomiki, but I can say the same for Kristen because I know Kristen. I, I know she'll I keep doing the work. People on the ground know that. I think that's a pretty despicable statement to make because everybody, you know, people know, people know Nomiki. She's been in the movement for years. She's been fighting these fights for years. It's pretty despicable to say, "Oh, she's she's just gonna you know drop it if she if she doesn't do it." She's been in these fights I didn't say that. for I, I said, years. I said, I that is that is what you said, I, though. That is what you said. It is. Well, I mean, what he said was that he wasn't sure, and 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 I think that that like yeah, let's, let's, like, try, yeah, let's try let's try and take let's try and take the temperature down a little bit because yeah. saying I don't know <laughs> is not the same thing as saying it won't happen, right? It's 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 an it's, it's an insinuation, and it's it's not an appropriate one. And if you'd like to clarify it, I would appreciate it. I, I just clarified it, and Owen just clarified it for me. Yeah, so I, I think it's sick when people actually say not what you think they said. I'm not going to do this, rate, yeah. you know, back and forth with, so, with like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if uh, Kristen's going to do these fights if she doesn't win. I don't know, I don't know. I'm sure she will because I'm sure that Kristen is a committed activist. How's that? I, I am sure. How, so how, 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 how let's, 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 let's wrap here, um, and and let's, let, I guess, let's just ask like a, a, a couple of just kind of more, more tactical questions. Um, <laughs> How how is the campaign doing with uh with with signatures Walker um and and you know what are you expecting to see here uh going forward I think like the deadline is is what is is it uh on Monday I believe it's Friday and I think we are definitely on good I I'm expecting you're breaking up a little bit there the ballot. I'm expecting this race go. to be a good race centered around issues. Uh, two progressive candidates in this race. Uh, that's not what we're about. We're about issues. We're going to be putting out in, in the coming, you know, in the coming days and weeks, we're going to be putting out comprehensive plans to fundamentally transform New Yorkers' relationship with their government. I think that is desperately necessary. Uh, again, the big difference between our campaigns here is a, is a matter of priority. Uh, both women are committed activists. 
I don't have any, I'm not going to attack Kristen's activism. I have no interest in doing that. I have no interest in scuttling, you know, uh, what looks to be a bright and promising political career. However, I do think that there are critical issues in this race that need to be addressed. We're happy if, if the, if the Gonzalez campaign comes out and releases a plan to address, not just the, the, the health fallout from COVID, but the, the economic fallout and, and a plan to stop the spread of the virus, which is the most crucial thing. Uh, I'd be very happy to see that. We welcome it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to avoid personal attacks here. And, and that's, that's just where we're at. Great. And just, just before we go to Aaron here for, for, for his, for his sign off, um, you said you guys were going to be coming out with, uh, with, with, with some new stuff soon. Um, when, when can uh, people in the district expect to see that? Walker. Unmute. Yeah, you're all set. No, no, I, not not me. I'm saying Aaron. Unmute. Oh no, no, I'm asking you. I'm asking you what, like, oh, wait, like you me? said. You, yeah, you said you. you guys oh, I had thought stuff. you were asking Aaron. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I said before <laughs> we go to Aaron. Yeah, no oh, problem. Okay, no, no, so no, no. Oh, let me bad. let me restate I, I thought, the question. Before I, we go to, Aaron, go to Aaron. Yeah, you. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you said you guys have a, have have some plans coming out. When can people in the district expect to see that? Uh. Exactly. I can't give you exact dates. I can tell you that it will be as soon as we get with us. They are ready. Um, as you can see by our, our public health plan, they will be very comprehensive. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Like we, we will, we will be out there. We're, we're on the ground. We've seen a lot of excitement and frankly, gotten a lot of great responses about our public health plan, not just from, from, you know, regular voters, but from experts and, and I think, you know, we're very proud of it and we're excited to share it with voters. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Walker. Uh, Aaron, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll give you the sign off here just to get your kind of, um, thoughts. And if, if, uh, if you have, you know, kind of a response to that, uh, that question as well of, of, you know, when you think, uh, your public health plan will be coming out for people in the district. And then, uh, also just kind of your general, uh, strategic sense of the race. Yeah, thank you, Owen. Thank you for having us on. Um, I, 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 I actually can give a specific date. Um, our health plan will be coming out on June 14th. Um, and at that point, uh, there will be no difference between the candidates. Um, well, actually, sorry, there will be several differences between the candidates. Um, there will be the fact that we have knocked uh, almost 20,000 doors at this point. Um, we have talked to thousands of voters, we have thousands of positive IDs, um, and we have hundreds and hundreds of volunteers who are coming out and helping us to talk to undecided voters and defeat another Crowley. Um, and the best shot to beating that Crowley is by supporting the person who has already consolidated left in this race, you know, Tiffany Caban, Zaran Mamdani, Julia Salazar, Emily Gallagher, um, uh, Cynthia Nixon, uh, Make the Road, DSA, WFP, uh, NYCC, countless, countless endorsements behind the social Latina who's going to beat another Crowley. Um, and I, I think if people want to help contribute to that, they can go to our website, gonzalezfornewyork.com slash donate if they want to donate, if they want to help volunteer, help us knock on doors, phone bank. I'll be out there uh, as much as I can uh, knocking those doors as, as I've been doing for years, as Chris is doing for years, as DSA has been doing for years. Um, you can go to gonzalesfordnewyork.com slash events to sign up for uh, any one of our many, many canvases. We're knocking doors every single day. Um, so I would encourage everybody listening to come and sign up for one of those shifts, uh, give to the campaign and help us really build this movement and send 13 socialists to Albany this year to fight for Bill Public Renewables, Good Cause Eviction, New York Health Act, um, 
and build socialist power in our communities, and not as an individual candidate, but as a movement of candidates doing it together in lockstep. And that's what we're building here, which has never been done before in this country. No one else has ever built this kind of socialist slate uh, in office. And we're doing that right now, that collective power, because we understand that it's not about any one individual person who may be good, may have connections in the community, may have friends, uh, or may, or may uh, have a lot of Twitter followers. That's, not, that's not, not what's important. What's important is actually having that coalition behind you. And that's what Kristen has. That's what we have. And I'm so excited to see her in the state Senate. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, so thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Walker. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, if you are listening on the app live or on replay, please uh, be sure to follow, like, subscribe. Fo- uh, follow me, subscribe to the show. If you're listening on replay syndication on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to rate us. Um, and we'll be back next week. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This was a great room. This is a great discussion. Um, I think we'll... We'll, we'll have to stay up on this race and, uh, and, and, and pay a lot of attention to it. All right. Thanks, guys. And we're out. Bye.